Hello and welcome to Alameda County Library's Read On podcast. We're talking about new books, classic books, and other fun stuff you can get from your library. We hope you enjoy. Find us on the web at aclibrary.org. Welcome to Forthcoming Books. Hello and welcome back to Forthcoming Books. I'm Kate. And this is Chris. And we are discussing Brad Street Gate by Robin Kerman. You want me to do a little bit about the plot? Yeah, tell them what happened. So, well, first of all, this is a debut book, which I found very impressive. So this book's about uh, Charlie, Georgia, and Alice, who uh, meet as undergrads at Harvard, and they become entangled with a professor who has a very odd name, Rufus Storrow. Mm-hmm. I, I kept reading it as Sparrow. which Or Sorrow. Yes, or, yes, yes, Sorrow, probably. So, and in their senior year, uh, Storrow is uh, suspected of murdering one of their classmates, Julie Patel. And he's, he's such an interesting, he's sort of successful, right? He's a visiting professor at Harvard, and he's been part of the government, but he has this inability to form healthy relationships. He's easily threatened by his students, um, some of whom are, you know, greatly admire him, but others find him really insensitive, vain, and controlling. And he is, you know, enmeshed with these, the lives of these three students who are I guess sort of friends. Do you think they're friends? I think they're friends, but they're still lonely. I mean, Mm -hmm. one of the things I found interesting about this book is that, you know, I'm reading about Ivy League students. I don't expect to relate to them. Mm. I figure I'm not going to sort of fit into their world, but they don't fit into their world. And the character of Storo, it seems at first as though he is like the, you know, quintessential Ivy League man. Right. But he, once you get to know him better, fits in worse than anybody. Yeah, he's a, he he comes off as just a complete outsider, and he sort of devolves, you know, throughout the book. You know, it's yeah, just he some, really devolves. Yeah, I mean, someone who you you know you you come in and you're so impressed with him is a sort of a great example of a character you're so impressed with, and mm-hmm. then just the more you learn, the less you want to be around this man. Yeah, and the less you would want to emulate him, as sort of Charlie discovers. Yeah, um, and this is also interesting in the sense that there is a murder in this book, and without saying too much, if you need full closure on a murder in your novels, maybe just don't expect that from this one. Go into it wanting a, like a literary character study and not expecting a really thick plot. Yeah, that's true. Because it, it sort of revolves around life and then one particular incident and then their lives sort of before and after that incident, which is the murder. But this is one of those books where it sort of calls to mind the question of whether or not you need to like the characters and what Agreed. you're reading. Agreed. What did you think? Well, I kind of did like them, but I could see how they might all be off-putting in their own ways. And I think that's part of what was interesting about this book is that, you know, at first it seems like we're supposed to be envious of these people or perhaps like really, you know, admire them. But we see all the ways in which they fall apart all the time. So even if you don't go in thinking, oh, these guys are great, they become increasingly human over the course of the novel. Yeah, I agree with you. I really can't say I admire these people or even like them most of the time. But I thought they did a lot with what they were given in life. Um, they all have starts to their lives. Like, you know, Charlie is totally resented by his family for his intelligence and success. And Georgia is sort of undermined by this artist father of hers who drags her across the country all the time. And and then Alice, you know, I think the saddest story for me of all, you know, just losing her father at a young age and growing up, you know, in a family she just didn't fit into uh, at all. And it's interesting, they're, they're, they're so human through these detailed stories you learn about them. 
but um, they're in each in their own way, just like so manipulative of each other. Mm. And I just wanted them to be better to each other. And uh, I didn't get that. Yeah, it's a it's for a book about three friends and somebody who could have been a mentor to any of them. It's a lonely book. Very. Which is not to say you won't enjoy it. So do take a look forward in our catalog. Yeah, I, yeah, it's coming out July seventh. I think you said and uh, Bradstreet Gate, which is an odd title for the book. It is, although I kind of, I mean, not to get all English major about it, but there was this one scene where they were discussing the Bradstreet Gate, and I guess it's to sort of commemorate when women were first admitted to the university. Yeah. So it sort of highlighted the outsider-insider thing that I found interesting about this novel in the sense that it turns out nobody's an insider. Yeah. I liked it better the more I thought about it while I was reading it. I was upset at them a lot. (laughs) But but the more I thought about it, I think it's quite an achievement for Kerman. Debut author, very beautifully written. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you liked, um, it reminded me of Marriage Plot. It reminded me of the mm-hmm. interestings. Um, it's been compared, you know, to all of these, and you you can see for yourself. But I think Marriage Plot, most of all, by, what is it, Jeffrey? Eugenides. Eugenides, yeah, thank you. Is that how you say it? I have okay. no idea. <laughs> Sorry, Jeffrey. Sorry. I know you're listening to our podcast, Jeffrey. Yes, well, you should be. Um, next time. <laughs> well, we'd be happy to have you on. <laughs> when's, your book? when's your next book coming out, hon? <laughs> all right. Anyway, Brad Street Gate, check it out. This is Natalie, and this is We Need Diverse Books. I'm stealing the hashtag from a national campaign, the We Need Diverse Books campaign. And sort of the rest of this campaign is that in the world of teen literature, there are not enough diversity in the books that are offered for young people these days. So this campaign was created to get more diversity in publishing, but also for the people that promote literature to teenagers like librarians, such as myself, to make sure that those books get into the hands of teens as well. So it's sort of a focused effort on all of us that are interested in teen books on all levels. In this segment, We Need Diverse Books, each time we have it, we'll be recommending a different book with diversity across all genres, and it'll give you opportunity to see what books you can check out and give to the teenagers in your life or to yourself if you are a teen and your friends. So this week, I'll be talking about a book called Fake ID by Lamar Giles, Um, It's about a boy named Nick Pearson who's in witness protection. And at the time we join up with his story, he's been in it for years. His father did some shady business and got their family in trouble. So every couple of years they have to move again. But Nick is a very clever boy. Um, He's black. That's where some of the diversity comes in. And then some of the friends he makes are Hispanic. I like Nick because he's very clever. So there are moments where he thinks his father is up to more shady business, which is sort of business as usual for the family. So instead of following him, he puts his phone in his dad's bag, activating the GPS. So he's able to track him that way and then end up where he is and spy on him and see what's going on. And then there's a scene where a couple of bullies are trying to attack him, but he has this great awareness of the law because of his you know, experience and witness protection, so he's able to really terrify them by outlining all the possibilities of what can happen to them for what they're doing to him. So I think this is a great book for anybody who likes suspense and mystery. The characters are very realistic, but the action is not. It does get a little a little wild. There's a little romance, a little murder. It's very exciting. Um, and if you're looking for more on Diversity in YA, there's a great blog called Diversity in YA. It's ran by two teen authors, Melinda Lowe, who's sort of famous for writing 
this book called Ash, which has a lesbian Cinderella and Cindy Pond, and they have book recommendations. Actually, they let you know new releases that are coming out that have diversity across you know, what genre they are, and they also have interviews with very interesting authors and kind of special topics to do analysis, all kinds of fun things. And we'll see you next time with more books. Did you know that Reagan believed he was told to run for president by a UFO? I do believe that. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, welcome to Oddball Books. My name is Kate. My name is Dean. And Dean was just telling me that he knows some people who have perhaps been abducted by UFOs. Yeah, I've worked in um, bookstores for a long time, and when I worked for the Walden Books chain, a lot of our customers would come in uh, only too happy to tell me of uh, the stories about them being abducted by aliens, and they were all kind of remarkably the same. They always had some kind of a self-important angle where they were told about secrets that nobody else knew, and a lot of bright lights and unconsciousness and waking up back in bed later on, and it was always kind of very similar. So those people and perhaps everyone should check out a new book just published this March, The Presidents and UFOs, A Secret History from FDR to Obama. It's by Larry Holcomb, and it is published in hardback, mind you, by St. Martin's Press. Um, I learned some interesting UFO information from this book. No, I didn't, but I I did learn a couple um, of things I didn't know. One is that there probably was an organization called the Majestic Twelve, (laughs) made up of scientist types who were investigating in true for 50s paranoid style reports of UFOs. So there are apparently documents coming out of the government now and again. They're stamped with like a secret code from the Majestic 12 group and it says top secret, do not share with foreign nationals or whatever. I also learned, perhaps unsurprisingly, Nixon, famous paranoid, was our president who was most interested in UFO disclosure. You will also perhaps not be surprised to hear, Dean, that Obama is our president who cares the least about UFOs. Gasp. (laughs) Of anybody. So this book kind of breaks it down chapter by chapter, sightings and um, actions on from the government on behalf of UFOs for each president. There, This author does have a theory and he presents information for the theory that JFK's assassination was related to his growing interest in some UFO sightings. And yeah, there. I guess there were like more sightings af- during the Cold War, after World War One, or sorry, after World War Two. Kind of not surprising. By and large, I, I have to say, I'm not convinced. Um, I'm not either. Yeah, you know, I kind of grew up um, seeing the peaks and valleys of the whole um, UFO phenomena. And in the '70s, when uh, Betty and Barney Hill, you know, did their interviews when they were um, hypnotized. And uh, then we talked about Project Blue Book a lot, which was the governmental agency investigating UFOs. And then we had the time where we started talking about Roswell and Area 51. And so I've seen the peaks and valleys of the UFO phenomena. And I find that it kind of kind of hits a crescendo and then kind of uh, peters out a little bit. Yeah. You know, you could probably sell me on aliens generally like as a concept of all the planets in the solar system. But the idea that they're flying and, and landing here and... All these stories seem to involve somebody breaking their glasses at just the right moment. Uh, However, if you'd like some information or if you'd like some images of documents that have been declassified and support UFO um, theorists, definitely check this out. Again, this was published by St. Martin's Press. 
in hardcover. And we do have it at Alameda County Library. So stay safe out there. Oh, my God, wait, one more thing. Did you know that Reagan believed he was told to run for president by a UFO? I do believe that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That would not be surprising in the least. So, you know, knowledge is power, people. Knowledge is power. Check it out. Watch the skies.